Guys, welcome. Welcome to the Love Well podcast. Uh, this is another episode of our um, of the series on uh, real talk, real people. And uh, we're just we're just telling some stories and uh, you can connect uh, with the podcast by subscribing at DanielMRose.com. It's free and easy. And I know Denise just subscribed uh, tonight, so uh, she can attest to the fact it was just a, a real simple process. And yes. So everything I write or uh, record goes right in your inbox, you know, three, five, three to five times a week, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, the archive of today's conversation you can find at youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. And you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. Um, so, uh, Denise, I didn't get a chance to, to ask you, uh, is there, do you, do you have a website or Twitter account or anything where you want people stalking you to see all of your, all of your thoughts? No, Dan, you know that I'm an introvert, just so you know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh, well, uh, it is it's great to have you. And, Thank you. Uh, so uh, we are, <clears throat> wow, hold on a second. Sure. Dry throat <clears throat> comes with talking too much. So Denise and I have known each other for, Golly, probably five, six, seven years, somewhere in there. Yes. Um, it, it has been a, it's been a while now. Yes, um, yes. So I think we met, we met in one of those meetings where we were trying to, you know, deal with some of the issues we want to talk about this evening, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I met, I met Denise's uh, uh, less than better half, uh, Roger. My better uh, half. Oh, I don't know about it. No, <laughs> we all know the truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Roger and I got to know each other through uh, some pastors' gatherings here uh, in Ipsy, and uh, mm -hmm. he's been a he's been a great blessing to me. And so, uh, and and obviously, so have you. So, I'm really, really thankful you've taken the time to to chat today. Um, so, before we dive in. Um, some of the folks who are watching might know, might know you from Hope Clinic, um, yeah. but you're no longer at Hope Clinic. So could you just give us a, a quick update on, on where you're serving now and kind of, kind of what you're up to? Yeah. And thank you for saying serving because it was hard leaving Hope. You know, I yeah. love Hope. I love what they do. I love the people there. And I felt so much love there. So I was sent over to PACE, uh, which is a program for all-inclusive services for the elderly, mm -hmm. uh, which is also a tremendous organization. And I love the people there as well. So I've been there about uh, maybe nine months now. Okay. And uh, it's been a joy, especially in these times. Uh, where we are serving probably the most highest risk population uh, during the pandemic. It's, it's been an honor yeah. Uh, yeah. to serve and great people too. Sanja Love Felton is the executive director okay. and I worked there with her. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, serving, s serving at, 
at pace during this time. I, I can't even imagine the um, the weightiness of, of it all. Um, yeah. There's just there just must be so much fear and um, just just a I would imagine just a kind of a constant sense of worry uh, for your clients and I think um, the so. Folks yeah. Caring for. Yeah, the staff, clients, everybody. But, you know, uh, that's where, you know, of course, knowing the Lord or having that hope in Jesus makes all the difference, you know, that for right now in our lives. So, and it is not just a saying, right? Right. Because if (laughs) if you didn't grab a hold of Jesus when things were going well, you know, it's time to grab a hold now. Right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And you, For well, sure. Being preachers and all, we can quote some scriptures. God yes, we can. God us the spirit of fear, right? <laughs> That's Come right. On. That's right. It'll preach. Yep. Love. Yep. Now see, now see, you know, the problem with getting two of us on the screen <laughs> is that, you know, it's almost like we both have microphones and... Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, get, you yeah. get two people, two preachers with microphones, and you know, whew, I know it's problematic. I know. <laughs> you know, I have to keep saying this conversation, Denise. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, it's going to be me listening a lot more uh, than the. Uh, at least my my plan is to listen. So yeah. Um. So we are, you know. So guys, we're uh. What, what we've been doing is 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 having these conversations with folks. And last week we uh it was a little bit different. We we had two people from two very different backgrounds, and uh, that was that was a fascinating uh, conversation. Um, and uh, so this week we get to chat with with you, Denise, and you are you're the first woman uh, that that I've had on, and uh, and so I think what makes this such a fun conversation for me, or at least one that I'm I'm really looking forward to, is is kind of, is getting the perspective of a, of a, of a black woman, um, you know, kind of a, in growing up in America, um, which is so different than black men, you know, and obviously different from white men and white women. Right. And so, yeah. so could you, um, maybe just give us a, just give us a thumbnail sketch of kind of where you grew up and maybe yeah. just a little bit of, of kind of your background. Yeah, I'm, you know, I think, uh, I think as a black woman, I have probably experienced the world a little differently. One of the biggest things uh, has to do with being concerned about all the black men that are in my life, you know, Uh, you know, a lot of concern around children, husband, grandchildren now, you know, Uh, and Although, you know, we talk about it like, you know, it's a broad brush and everybody's kind of treated the same where we know that that's not true. But the short, the short story is uh, I came from a military family, uh, Air Force, and we traveled all, we lived all over. We were born in different states. I was born in Denver. Uh, We ended up in Detroit and grew up there at one of the most phenomenal times, I think, in the history of Detroit, the Ooh. 60s and the 70s, you yeah. know, Motown. Oof. Now, so, <laughs> I, so I now, which which part of Detroit were you were you living in? 
I lived on the east side. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I went to Cass Tech, you know, which, you know, there's a lot of, I won't say pride because that's a sin, you know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot of love of for Cass Tech alums love being from Cass Tech. Yes, indeed. Because, you know, we it's were kind of like it's, it's kind of like talking to somebody who went to like, you know, Michigan, right? Or Within Harvard. the first three minutes, you find out they're they're from the University mm-hmm. of Michigan. Exactly. Um, or That's talking right. to a vegan or a CrossFitter. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So, you know, we were smart, you know. That's the thing. So, yep. uh, yeah, so, and, you know, and I grew up, now I think what, what's really interesting for me is I grew up in that time where there was great transition. So I grew up in a city where everybody who was anybody looked just like me. And that is not, uh, you know, an experience that most people had. So the superintendent, the mayor, the chief of police, you know, uh, in a, my friends and I, we talk about this all the time. So I kind of grew up in plus in that uh, time of the 70s, it was kind of that self-actualization time and Everybody was trying to find themselves, you know, that kind of thing. So I grew up with a clear message that I could be anything I wanted to be. Uh, I could do whatever, you know, what was possible. Not only was I told that, but I saw it. Uh, So I, I, you know, and, you know, my husband, he talks about growing up in Ann Arbor, which, you know, uh, even though he lived in a very supportive community, the broader community, they were kind of isolated or insulated right in the middle of the city. So it was a different, they could kind of compare things where we didn't do a lot of comparison because, you know, we were the majority, actually. So that's kind of, uh, you know, just a little bit um, uh, about myself. We, we, you know, we had great times. Uh, we love music. The radio was so central to our lives, you know. And of course, we experienced some of the most uh, aggressive white flight, if you don't mind me saying, mm-hmm. uh, probably in the history of the town. It started, I think, like in the 40s or 50s during the Great Migration, where many people of color were migrating to the north from the south. Uh, And so we ended up, you know, I didn't notice it until later hindsight that we were like a black city uh, with a white ring around it, you know, Right. and, um, you know, being who we are, I didn't really care because it didn't really impact me, you know, uh, the same way. We had one little white girl left in our elementary school when I got there and her name was Dawn. And I made friends with her because I was concerned about her being alone and she didn't have anybody that looked like her. And so she was my friend. And uh, I I think that that's a reflection of my life. You know, you look, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you care about people. It doesn't matter, you know, where they come from, who they are, but especially you care about people that don't always have a voice. You know, and I think that that's part of our responsibility um, as people, but particularly as Christians, to be a voice for the voiceless. I think that's important to God. What do you think, Dan? Oh, I I think that's 
central, central, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. I was, I was just talking to a friend this morning about, um, you know, one of the things that, that we see over and over again in the prophets is, um, is their consistent call to, yes. you know, kind of challenging, uh, yes. you know, institutional yes. issues that surround justice, right? Yes, exactly. And, Systemic. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Cause you know, we're gonna, we're gonna quote, uh, Micah six, eight. I mean, don't right. we all right. quote that? Well, yeah, you have to, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You have to. This is what I told you to do. Like, that's right. Let's make this simple. Right? That's right. Exactly. Love, you know, do justice, be right toward people, right? Yep. Look, uh, embrace kindness and, and walk humbly before the Lord. So I think that that message to me has to do with relationship. Relationship for us as a citizens in a world, a relationship with each other. And a relationship with God. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And of Absolutely. course, you know that Jesus walked the earth and he he cried because people were downtrodden and right. scattered and didn't have people to care for him. So, yeah. 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 That's that, a clear message in the word of God. It, it really is. I mean, uh, the to be concerned for the, the marginalized, right? Yes. Um, you know, as you know, James, James talks about a true and undefiled religion is is caring for the widow and the orphans, Absolutely. which in their society were the most, you know, they yes. were understood to be the most marginalized people. That's right. And, and that's so, right. Um, and so whether, so I think that's an interesting, what you just said about you growing up is such an interesting piece of this puzzle, right? Um, because you, similarly to my friend Jermaine, I don't know if you got a chance to, to watch that conversation, um, but he grew up, uh, in Gary, Indiana, and mm-hmm. he didn't know he was a, he didn't know he was a minority, as he right. put it, you know, until, um, until he was 14. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so for you to share, yeah, I saw this, this little, this one little white girl in my class and I was worried about yeah. her because she was, she was the marginalized person in, in your, in your community. Yeah. Um, yeah, she really she wasn't, a, but I thought maybe she was. Does that make sense? Because right. we were very kind to her and all of that, but she was alone, you know, like there was nobody yeah. there that looked like her, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And, it, and I don't think we I don't think we understand uh, the power of that. Um, yeah. The the in the, the weight, uh, especially people like me, um, you know, we're everywhere, just about everywhere I go, I'm most everybody looks like me. So, mm-hmm. um, so I haven't had that experience, um, yes. you know, and I know. In, yeah. In a broader so that, community. That's something I came and wrap my mind around. Yeah. In our broader community, you know, television, media. Oh, don't get me started on the media, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, and so we also, you know, I also, I, I came of age at that time when we started up on television, do you know what I mean? Like right. the Ed Sullivan show and, you know, uh, yep. room 222 and all of the, this was so exciting for our community, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, we, not only did we, I mean, we kind of grew up in a working class, uh, you know, neighborhood, you know, you had all kind of people, you had, uh, you know, teachers, uh, police officers, you also, the librarian lived down the street, 
you also had, you know, mothers, uh, single moms with, uh, you know, uh, receiving welfare. So it was a very diverse community too. I mean, we were all economically diverse, you know. Right, right. So yeah, uh, you know, and so that, you know, that experience, you know, I didn't realize how important my uh, kind of environment was until I got older and I started meeting other people. And so, you know, I kind of came into the adult world with, okay, let's, let's make some stuff happen, you know. Uh, but then you begin to see the injustice, you know, we had the riots. I mean, it was just a ton of stuff, 60, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, what, was, and we, what was that like, um, kind of, I guess, you know, coming of age in that, in that period of time with, with the, with the riots, with, with yeah. everything that was happening, um, in, you know, in your neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of fear and all of that, but there was also a message, at least for us, it was, it was this message of, uh, we're going to prove to everybody that we are just as good as anybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nobody really said that, but that was kind of what was implied, you know, go to school, get an education. Yes, you're going to have to work harder, but hey, work harder. Right. Uh, that was the message and go to college, make something of yourself. You know, success is the great, you know, the great revenge is success. I mean, that, that was the message. Yeah. Uh, I never felt like anybody, other people were better than me. Uh, I did. Uh, feel like we got the short end of the stick in many cases, but it just gave me more energy, you know, to kind of work harder. And I mean, work harder, not, we fought in that we wanted to be better. We were upwardly mobile. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. 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 And we, and, and we, we had a right to be here too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was sharing with a friend today uh, that, you know, I'd spent a lot of years uh, dealing with this matter. I've done a lot of work, you know, in social justice, you know, taught classes, tried to be mentors, uh, you know, spent a lot of time working with people that don't look like me, this whole right. thing, right? So yep. I, I accepted the Lord at age 21, and thank God for that. No doubt. Right? Because that changed yeah. that changed my life. But that anger was still there. That, you know, what the heck was still there. So you and know what was, I, what was that rooted in? What was the what was the anger and the 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 what the heck? What what was yeah what was those, some of those things that were that was yeah, that was a good question. Because I, I just asked God, why would you let why would you let the people come and steal us and bring right. us, to, you know, tear us from our land. I mean, I just went there, yeah. uh, you know, so it was like, there was this, this injustice, this was this injustice that was going on, but you, you couldn't really put your arm around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was there. There were some people like that. There were some people that were not. So uh yeah so we we had to go there i had to go there with god around those things and 
you know, I want to tell you it wasn't an easy, you know, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. like, oh, uh, I prayed and I'm better. Right. Right. Yeah. I prayed and I kept praying and I kept talking, kept studying. God began to deal with me about forgiveness and healing. I mean, many years, uh, Dan, then he began to bring people in my life that were different from me. And I realized that they wanted the same things I wanted. Right. They had the same fears, the same struggles. Does that make sense? Yep. They had concerns. We talked about really uh, difficult conversations, right? Yeah. And I've yeah. had some of my, you know, white friends say to me, well, you all got the NAACP, you know, uh, we don't have anybody. I mean, that's real. In their mm. minds, they felt like they didn't have anybody. And it's all about perspective, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And we want to kind of lump everybody together. We're all wrong when we do that. I mean, really. Right. We're right. as different as we are individuals. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I was just going to say, kind of with that, you know, I used to, a number of years ago, I did some work uh, down in uh, eastern Kentucky in the Appalachia region, mm -hmm. which is the which is the poorest yes. part of, of the United States. And, yes. Um, I think it's got like two, I think it's got like two of the top three poorest zip codes in, yes. in the United States. Exactly. And, it, and it's all white. It's, it's like 99% white folks. Yeah. And, and I remember standing with a, with a, with a family talking and they were talking about how they were losing their post office hmm. and they're like, you know, it's, it's like they, they said it's it's like the government says we don't exist anymore exactly and and i had never thought about that when i was growing up yeah they i grew up in drayton plains michigan which no longer exists okay um, because they closed the drayton plains post office mm -hmm. and it became just waterford michigan okay and, and and so like i understood that but it i mean who cares drayton plains waterford what does it matter right yeah but yeah. for them their their identity was so wrapped up in yeah. having a post office exactly and they felt so alone and look overlooked and, yes. and cast and cast aside and absolutely and we have some very very poor pockets of white people in this community as well mm -hmm. in our world they act like they don't exist you know what right. i'm saying you never hear about them they're never on a statistic you know what i'm saying yep. and it is such an insult and it, on the other hand why do they always talk about us you know, I mean, something's not right about that, right? right? We're always a stat. We're always, you know, being studied. And we have millions of white people uh, who are marginalized. I mean, like, for, let me give you a perfect example. Yeah. Everybody was all up in arms when, you know, the former governor sent their finance people down to deal with Detroit, right? Right. And their finances. There were white communities contacting the governor and saying, would you send somebody to help us? Mm. You catch that? I, they wanted I, I, help. I didn't know that. Absolutely. And they're like, huh. send the guy here because we're having problems with our finances too. So, you know, it's, it's pervasive, you know, this kind yeah. of, 
And this whole topic is so complicated, isn't it? it and, is. and when this stuff came up again, and I was just telling a friend, you know, because uh, it's, uh, you know, it takes, you know, something to deal with this stuff. It, it can be exhausting, you know. So I've spent really, uh, to tell you the truth, Dan, I've spent 30 years working with God around this issue. Mm. And uh, one of the things, now, we all know, I mean, those of us who have a relationship with God, we know that there are some things we have to do. Like, uh, we have to believe God. You can't understand God and then believe him. You have to believe him and then you understand him, right? Right. It's the same kind of thing with forgiveness. It's the same kind of thing with repentance. In other words, God says, you know, confess it because there's something about uh, that process that frees up, frees up our hearts, right? And so uh, as I was going through this and God began to deal with me about forgiveness, letting stuff go, even dealing with me about my rights, and I'm really speaking spiritual here. You get that? Yep. yep. Uh, God bought us. He He shed His blood, Jesus, for us. We don't belong to ourselves. So yeah. So we going. So, but <clears throat> I'm saying all that to say that God began to show me that this whole race thing is a spiritual thing. Mm. It's spiritual. Uh, now, so you fight spiritual things with spiritual weapons. Right. And what we try to do is we try to fight a spiritual war with natural weapons. Mm. So we don't we don't we don't win here. Right. 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 Yeah. And yeah. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right. But they're mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. Right. So somehow we not only have to do kind of that civic work, but we have to do the spiritual work, too. We yeah. really do. Yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, it's funny you say that. I, 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 the conversation I had with a friend today, um, we we were talking about that. It, it's, yeah. I think so often we get stuck in an either or mode mm -hmm. as opposed to a both and. Yes, um, it's a both and, baby. It is. It has to be right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has. There has to be heart work being done. Yes. But then there also has to be work dealing with the institutions and the systems yes. and those kinds of things too. Yes. And showing up and showing up, you know, and, and serving yeah. where you are. So, you know, uh, so what I want to say about it is that, yes, I, I was a part of the Interfaith Council on Peace and Justice. I belong to, you know, all kinds of groups. We, you know, worked on policing. I mean, I've, you know, I'm right. getting there now. Yeah. So, uh, so coming from that perspective, so I... I can't really talk about this topic without dealing with it in the spiritual way, because until you have a level of, okay, I need to agree with God. I mean, I'm just being real. I need yeah. to agree with God. What, what's God saying about this thing? You never get enough healing or enough peace to move, uh, move forward with it. Right. So, yeah. So now, so what I want to say you know, to my friends, loved ones, people I know and not know, is that we have a couple of really important jobs with God. Now, people think that God wants us just to serve him. 
But God says, no, I need you to know me. Mm. I need you to spend some time. Come on, isn't that the word? Yep. To know what? Uh, the length and height and breadth, right? The right. depth of his love, right? Yeah. Because perfect love casts some stuff out. Yes, it does. So it, when we begin to spend, you know, that kind of time and really knowing the love of God, he, something happens to us, not only spiritually, but hopefully it overflows in our everyday life. Right. All right. And so at some point you have to begin to see all people the way God sees all people. Right. You know, I I love you and your family. Yeah. I love Native Americans. I love uh, you know, people from South America. I, you know what I'm trying to say? Yep. You know, I care about every person without a voice. I care about poor white people, right? Mm-hmm. It hurts me to see any group get, you know, mistreated, including mine. But it's, this is not some little simple thing. And I don't want to make light of the experiences that all of us have had. Right. And many people have had, and I'm going to tell you, let me give you a perfect example. And, you know, people might get upset with me, but there are generations of people uh, that came to this country, white people had nothing to do with set slavery. Right. Right. They didn't go back that far. Right. You know, it's so complicated. And that's why you have to deal with it uh, from uh, a spiritual perspective. Like a friend of mine, uh, we were on a study cruise. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we were working, but, you know, anyway, yeah. it was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> we did that uh we did that little you know circle around the 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 liberty you know okay um and there were you know of course we're the only black people on the on the boat right and then the white people many of them just started crying you know mm. and they started talking about their history and how they got to the country and i was standing t- next to this one lady and she said that they were hungarian and she talked about how America recruited their people specifically to work in the mines. Mm. And that's where the slang word honky comes from. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. And oh. yeah, and I don't have to tell you what happened to all the white people who worked in the mines. Right. Black lung. I mean, come on, right? Yep. Well, now, and and now we're looking at Eastern Appalachia again, right? There you go. So, you know, every story, the Native Americans, the story of Asian people, the people, you know, the story of Irish. I mean, most people don't even talk about historically how the Irish were treated in this country. I mean, they were lynched almost as much as Black people. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. Yeah, that I did know because I'm... I'm Irish and Scottish, so. Okay, well, there you go. That so, one I knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, I, you know, all I'm trying to say is every, every person matters. I don't want to make light of anything that's going on, but we got to spend some time to get the real love of God mm. in our hearts 
and we are led and guided in a particular way. Does that make sense? It does. See, the scripture talks about humility. The scripture talks about Jesus showing us, Dan, what real love was or is, and that is laying down your life, right? That kind of, so we talk it, but we don't live it. Right. 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 So I want to, I want to understand you. I want to care about you. I want to understand anybody who comes and has a need. So if, if I could, mm, if I could use a scripture to even describe um, how, what God has done in my heart, it's that one in first John, you know, first John three seventeen, where it says you have stuff, you're able yep. to live. You see your brother hurting and yeah. you won't help him. Now that's all of us. It's not you or me or anybody else. If right. you see people hurting and you turn your back on them, he asked the question, how can the love of God be in your heart? Right. Right? Yeah. So I care about you. And so we got to push back anger and fear and violence because why because that's not what that's not for us for christians that's not what god wants and when the disciples wanted to burn a city down because they rejected jesus what did he say no you don't know what spirit you are of that's right so you you can't fight a spiritual war and use the weapons that the enemy has Absolutely. We have to use the mighty weapons of God, right? Prayer, love, sacrifice, you know, spending the time to work to make things better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that I, I'm really, I am really appreciating about our conversation, Denise, is um, this is, this is one of the first times I feel like I've kind of moved into how do we engage, how do we engage these issues and, and begin to hopefully maybe, you know, see real, some, some change happen. Yeah. And, and there is, there, there seems to be, like you said, we, we need to figure out how we can move past the anger, move past the rage, yeah. mm-hmm. um, acknowledge it. Yes. But, and, and I think, and I wonder if maybe, do you think maybe that's that's where some of the rub is mm-hmm. in all of this is yes. there's a there's a you know by and large you know my my tribe by and large wants to say well we're just not going to acknowledge yeah. the the anger the rage the frustration right. the hurt right and as a result yes you know you can't have you can't really have any healing if you don't acknowledge exactly the, the issues right mm-hmm. um, is that do you, do you think that's fair to say? I think it is fair, Dan. And I'm going to say this. So yeah, so you might get a lot of emails on this, but (laughs) what what was the assignment of the Buffalo Soldiers? I don't know. I think they were Black people that were sent to kill Native Americans Mm. for the government. We should look it up, huh? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt everywhere. Yeah. And that's my point. And, you know, we kind of let uh, kind of the broader community, the media, whoever they are, kind of shape how we see a thing. 
we got to see a thing the way God sees a thing, mm-hmm. not what the media and the news tell us to see. But I do believe, uh, Dan, we, we got to, you know, like make a decision we're going to do it God's way. I, I mean, I'm real about that. See, part of the reason we don't get better is because we want it the way we want it. Right. And we don't want to do it the way God does it. So it's never going to get better if we don't. Now, you know that that's true. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing about the school system or any other system, right? They don't want to hear about God. When problems arise, they're like, well, where are the preachers? Where are the, I said, well, where is God? Well, you kicked them out. (laughs) Right? You kicked them out. You want to do what you want to do, and you still want the blessings of God. There is a, you know, mm, a commitment. Now, we talk about rights. Our right, uh, you know, God says you got to give up your rights to me. I bought you. Do it my way. So the, God has a whole world of people who want to do it their way, including us. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a problem when his own people won't listen. Right. Yeah. I've been, I think that's one of, I think that's been one of the things that has been, I don't know if hardest for me is the right, maybe most shocking. Yeah. For me has been the, um, the, the number of Christians who, you know, don't want to hear right about they don't they don't really want to embrace loving your neighbor yes as yourself and what and what all that means exactly empathy seems to be the piece that by and large our society is 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 missing absolutely it's like it's like we just ignore it you know it's like if if we just ignore it it'll go away it's like yeah that that's not how this is going to work. Yes. You know? Well, yeah. Well, of course, this is where our society is because that is what our investment has been. Mm. The Bible says you reap what you sow. Yeah. So when you sow greed and, you know, you hurting people, you know what I mean? If that's what you've been sowing, that's what you're going to reap. Uh, see, in Romans, uh, the scripture says that he, his, his goal is to transform us into the likeness of his son. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's what God is trying to do. And that's a scary thing because the if we're being transformed in the likeness of his son, then we're being transformed into people who are willing to lay down our lives for that's right. for not just yeah, not just our friends. Yes. But our enemies. enemies. Come on. Enemies too, and baby. That's, mm-hmm. And that's the kicker, right? I mean, that's whew, it. That's where it gets that's where it gets really sideways for a lot yeah. of us because if we're going to lay down our lives for enemies, yes. then we're going to have to be very uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, let's do the whole list. Let's do turn the other cheek. Let's do right. you know pray for your enemies. Let's let's go down the Sermon of the Mount, right? So right. that's the thing. And so Jesus intentionally gave us a list that he knew we couldn't do without him. Right. He knew it. You need me, right? Then we go to John 15, where it talks about how we're connected. But we we messed up the connection. I mean, it's there, but there's a plug there. Right. right? So, you know, 
I'm just being real here. This is a spiritual issue and it's got to be addressed in a spiritual way. Does that mean that you sit in a house and pray all day? That's part of it. But we got to have a heart. Okay, God, how do you want us to do this? Mm -hmm. How would you have us handle this matter? Mm -hmm. You can't do anything with God without love. Well, and, so and I think you can do that. You can't. Exactly. And, and I think the other thing that I think one of the other things that I'm that I'm walking through or that I'm beginning to wrap my mind around in this is for a long time, I never really understood, um, at least not not in a real way, in a conceptual way, I understood it, but not like not in a way that I could lay it out and say, here's an illustration. Mm -hmm. um, but where the scriptures talk about uh, the sins of the fathers being, mm -hmm. you know, being passed on to generation yeah. after generation, right? Yeah. And and it and that to me that goes to some of this discussion that a lot of times happens around this issue of racism, yeah. where you know, well, my ancestors didn't, my you know, that happened back, exactly. you know, in, in the 1860s. So exactly. you know, why do I have to? Why do I have to say? Yes. Or why do I have to deal with this? Well, because we're still seeing the effects mm -hmm. of, of this, of the sins of our fathers. Yes. And, and we still haven't really addressed it. Yeah. With it. Exactly. We you know? haven't. Yeah. And, and if we're going to, and if we're going to really approach this, like you said, from a spiritual mm -hmm. way, man, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta yeah. do it. Gotta do it. The Bible says we got to own our own pain. We got to own our own pain. That's right in the Psalms. You got to own your own hurt. And listen, I'm sorry for what my father did and my grandfather and my, you know, all of us, we got to own that. No, I didn't do it, but my family did it, you know? So yeah, absolutely. But again, that gets back to humility. That gets back to the message of God uh, that says, you know, Hey, it's really better to be kind than to be right. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, I, when I was on staff with crew way back in the day, and, you know, I remember sitting with, with and this, this conversation probably played out 10 times. Yeah. Where, you know, I'd be sitting with, with a student and they would say, well, I can't believe in Christianity because of all the evil things they did. And they would start laying out all the things yeah. You know that all the bad stuff that the church has has either yes. explicitly done or has been complicit in. Yes. And when I was younger, what I would try to do is argue that away. Yes. Explain it away. Explain Absolutely. it away. And as but as I matured, mm -hmm. what I started to do was say, "Yeah, you're right. That was wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You should have agreed. Yeah. You got to agree now. You know, it's true. We it's did. true. <laughs> and 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 it was amazing. As I did that, um, as I just admitted, yeah, yeah. that was wrong. We were wrong. Yes. Church yeah. was wrong for doing that. Yeah. It betrayed what Jesus taught. Yes. It changed the entire tenor of the conversation. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and so I think. You're right. I think with this rate, with racism and, and a lot mm -hmm. of what's going on, you know, to just simply acknowledge the reality. Yes. Exactly. You know, that was our history. Yeah, uh, we're heard about it. You know, how can we heal? You know, yep. kind of thing. Absolutely. And that's that's the work. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's the work of the spirit of God that's in us. But you're right. I do the same thing. And I will tell you, I will let you down. Spend some time with me because there's nothing perfect about me or, or my family or my history. But God, well, that's not what Roger says. Roger says you are an angel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the feeling is mutual. There's some great love up in here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, what I'm trying to say, yeah, you know, we got to, you know, we got to own our part when somebody, you know, you know, like, uh, fr you know, one of my favorite authors, Francis Frangipane would say is when people try to tear you down, just agree with them. Yep. You're right. Mm -hmm. If I didn't do what I thought about it. Right. Come on. Yep. That, that's moving somewhere. Right. You know? Absolutely. We got to own some of the stuff in our communities, own stuff, you know. Um, I'm not going to get into the politics of things because that's a whole nother topic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But we have, you know, from our people, we have folk that can't do anything wrong, but spiritually right. they have. We won't yep. own that, right? Right. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. Hey, oh, yeah. I am. Mm -hmm. um, I want to respect your time, my good friend. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm just going to take a quick look here on Facebook and see if there's uh, any questions. I don't see any, um, but uh, I do see uh, some friends. Uh, Billy Kangas is excited that that you're on with me. Hi, uh, Billy. <laughs> and, and my, and my mom says, I love Denise. I love her too. <laughs> and I love your wife. You were uh, really blessed. You know, you married I, up, right? Oh, oh, <laughs> I married out of this world. Yeah. Yes, I, you did. You know, it, it, but I gotta tell you, I've, I've begun to, uh, a friend of mine. Yeah. I used to say that a lot more than I do now. Uh -huh. Um, and a friend of mine said, well, if you keep saying that she married down, what are you saying about her? <laughs> I was like, well, either I'm saying she either has really bad taste or she's just very gracious. She's gracious. She's gracious. No, she listened to God. She yes, listened she to did. God. God yes, said, marry did. that man. Exactly. You have, exactly. have a destiny. That's yep. how we feel. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Denise, thank you. Hey, uh, before I let you go, um, you wrote a book. Yeah. And can we still, can we still order it anywhere? You may be on Amazon, maybe. Okay. What's the, what's the name of it? It's called According to His Kind Intention. According to His Kind Intention. All right. Yeah. I'm going to look for it on the Amazon. And if it's there, I'm dropping a link uh, in okay. the show notes. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I think Zoe Publication out of Canton published okay. it, so... We sold all the books we had. I mean, I think it just could have been, oh, that's Denise. I'll buy her book. Oh, stop <laughs> it. No way. No way. Oh, my okay. friend. Yes. Thank you thank you. Thank you for being, thank you. For yes. being with me. Thank you um, for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so guys, um, thanks for thanks for listening and thanks for being being on the audio only. Uh, version of this conversational post Friday. Okay. Um, 
at danielmrose.com. You can subscribe to the podcast real simple at danielmrose.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The archive of this video will be at youtube.com slash danielrose. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Oh, follow me on Twitter at danielmrose. And we can continue the conversation. Um, but until next week, love well, my friends. Amen. Love, lovely name. Thank you.